podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Australia ended a curtailed day three at Lords firmly on top, wrapping up England's last six wickets with 47 runs before building to 132 stumps, leading by 221. I'm joined by Melinda Farrell to dissect what feels like what feels now like a pretty pivotal day in the series. Uh, is, is that fair, Mel, or do you see there being a way back for England in this game and in the series as a whole? I guess. Um, well, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because Anytime we've thought that England can't do something in the past year, not every single time, but a lot of the time, they have been able to do it. Conventional wisdom says the game is probably gone, but England don't operate in conventional wisdom. And I have, uh, I've suffered, you know, embarrassment or not embarrassment, but, you know, I've been a doubting Thomas before. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's going to be very, very hard for them to get back, though. And when you look at the fact that uh, that Australia have lost Nathan Lyon, that should be quite significant mm-hmm. uh, as this game goes into its next phase. God, this is going to be fun. We are recording this, by the way, as as um, some rather jolly people are leaving Lords. They're in worse shape than my laptop, which if you are actually watching this, not seeing it, is why <laughs> I'm basically nestled against Ben's shoulder. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it's... It's going to be pretty difficult. They're going to have to find a way to deal with the short ball that doesn't involve getting out in the final innings if they're going to do what they did against India. Remember against India last year, they they got the same score that Australia got in the first innings. Yeah. England didn't get as much as they got in their first innings and they still managed to to chase it down. But they're going to have to bowl really, really well in the first session tomorrow. Yeah, and I guess that the, the, the lion thing and the update today is that he's got a a, a significant, significant calf, calf injury, strain. calf strain. So they're not yet. He's not yet ruled out of the series, but he's he's almost certainly not going to bowl in this <laughs> game at least. Well, he's, he was walking around on crutches this yeah, morning, yeah, so unless he's going to bowl on, on crutches, crutches, yeah, it should uh, be interesting. And so you know, the pitch is still. It's. I mean, it's true because the the ball did quite a lot for England. It felt today, but that felt like it was more in the air. There's a bit off the pitch. But it's not the, the green surface they look like to begin with. And with Lyon injured, maybe England, like, maybe they've got a sniff if they can keep it to, what, 350? I mean, it's 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 half a sniff. It's not, they're not, you know, they're not going to be favourites when they start the chase, no matter what they keep Australia to. But maybe maybe there's just the slightest bit of hope if you're an England fan. But not not if they batted how they did uh, in the first inning, so let's 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 go back and talk about that a bit. It feels like uh, so much has happened since then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yesterday they were what they were 188 for one, I think, and then lost through the short ball last night. And then last night everyone was sort of there was sort of discussion and debate over like you know the merits and the pitfalls of what they were doing, right? Like uh, uh, had they attacked too much, or were the fact that they were you know two seven eight for four and actually on top when Australia had been firmly on top the previous evening. Was that sort of vindication of their approach, even if there were the occasional silly dismissal? Dismissal today, there's no debate about that, right? You know, the, uh, they've, they've kind of they've thrown away a situation when they could have, you know, you know, been very on top. Brooks skies a short ball to cover when he's just got to 50. Bairstow hits one to mid on. It was all just kind of fairly bleak, wasn't it? And not entertaining, which is what we're told this is supposed to be. Yeah, that, that just at one point I was looking at it going, this just feels like rubbish cricket. 
Mm. Um, I, I'll have to admit, I, I thought that. I, I guess England's way of looking at it will be, well, if they're bowling short and we're not scoring, we have to take it on. Because if we're not scoring, then we'll get out to a good ball anyway and that'll be, that'll be it. But the score won't have progressed. Mm -hmm. So I guess that just from based on everything they've been saying that that's their thinking and you can sort of understand that. But but then like I'm not sure we were, we were talking about this before. Like it does, does Harry is Harry Brook good against the short ball? Is mm. that actually the story there rather than because you're not allowed to say there are no bad shots. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad shot. But is he actually good against facing that kind of short pitch bowling? And I, I would have to say as well, Australia bowled the short ball really well. Yeah. It, as, as Mitchell Stark was just saying beforehand, you know, they weren't just wasting two short balls and over. They were bowling pretty accurately and getting it in the right place to be troubling. So maybe it raises questions about, for example, Brooke against the short ball. I don't know. I, I'm so confused by all of this because I... I was buying into it and I want to believe and I do want to believe that that this style of cricket and the way that they've been playing can work. But I don't know, it was born out of a miserable series in Australia, wasn't it? And in a way, it was almost like a psychological release and a turnaround after the most miserable series possible in Australia. And now they've come up smack against this Australian side again, which is very good and doesn't have really many weak spots and all of a sudden it's like well is the psychological release going to be enough to actually beat Australia and that's what I'm not sure about yeah I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out what England's argument would be and I, I guess maybe they'd say two things possibly one is that Ben Stokes didn't do you know yes. or the, the, the whole time we've been saying you know England, England are batting really well and sort of sensibly but aggressively and you know taking the positive option but Ben Stokes is the one who's going too over the top and he's throwing himself in. Today was, or this inning's been completely the opposite, where Ben Stokes was, you know, he was the voice of reason, which he... Well, he did that, he did that in Edge, but at Edge Yeah, that's too. true. Yeah, no, there's, there's been it, signs yeah. that he's just sort of maybe had a word with himself. But England might say that, you know, Ben Stokes did that and then gets a pretty good ball from Mitchell Stark. And that's maybe what happens if you, you know, if you're not attacking. Then maybe they'd say that. And the, I guess the other thing they'd say as well last night, because the other thing that frustrated me was that, you know, Lyons injured, so they think... This is your chance to grind Australia down. They might, I guess, they look at it the other way and say, "This is our chance to to win the game in this session, right?" Like they, at that point, they don't know the extent of Lyons' injury. If we can, like you know, put it so Australia have no answers left with him on. If I guess that's how they might put it. I I don't, I, I don't buy this thing. I'm trying to stay to see what England would say. But I, I, well, I asked Ben Duck at that last night in the press conference. Mm -hmm. It was there at that point when Lyon went off. They went short. That that was clearly the plan. Was there any discussion or thought about, right, we can do exactly what you just said, um, which might set up a game, could have an impact on the rest of the series as far as grinding down the bowlers. And he basically said, nope, no thought of that, no discussion yeah. about that. We were expressing ourselves, all that sort of stuff. But then, uh, you know, I think Ben Stokes is, a, is quite an intelligent cricketer and I think he's not as, as one-dimensional as sometimes... I think everyone wants to see this whole way of, of doing things as being quite one-dimensional. I, I think he's actually pretty smart. And it's felt at times when they've played over the past year, they have been aware of, of when they've had to absorb pressure and when they've thrown the counterpunch and picking their moments to counterpunch. 
but it, it, you know, this game is the, the thing is they've had a lot of things in their favour this game mm -hmm. was like Edge Baston when Australia came and bowled Scott Bowl and bowled that session when they came out for 20 minutes yeah. and it was just oh god everything's tailor made for Scott Boland right now here for a lot of the time England have had the best of the conditions mm. and I'm not sure if they've always exploited them as well as they could have. Uh, that, that's an understatement, I think. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's felt like whenever Australia have come to bat, the clouds have kind of rolled in uh -huh. and yet they're fully on top. And it's, it's a good point that it's it's easy to sort of look at it as kind of in binary terms that England either attack everything or they attack nothing. Whereas actually, you go back to last summer, they were picking their bowlers. They were sort of like picking the conditions. They were waiting until, or, you know, if, if the ball had gone soft, that was when they'd really sort of free themselves up. And that's kind of not what they've done now. I think Nasser Hussain was saying that at T. He was saying that like uh, like people talk about basketball, but basketball is is playing to the conditions. Um, and we actually had quite an interesting question on uh, Onning's approach from from Fahim Haider. Who, Hi, Fahim. Uh, who's, he, he asks whether uh, defeat in the first match has dented England's confidence a bit and has put kind of more pressure on them to prove basketball right. And quite a lot of the between match talk was about how England would be going harder at Lords if they got anything wrong at Edgebass and it was that they didn't go hard enough. Um, do you think that's kind of part of the explanation for what we've seen here, that, that they're almost stung by by the the defeat a little bit and have felt kind of a need to prove what they're doing right and in doing so have kind of, for like, for almost the first time, I guess, gone actually too far with it, I guess? Uh, no, I don't know that I do think that. Because we've, uh, look back to last year against South Africa when they got absolutely smashed mm. here in that first game. Um that didn't dent it. I, maybe, and, and actually, then was when they played like their most normal yeah. test of the whole of the whole Brendan McCullum era, I guess, at Old Trafford. Yeah, and uh, I, again, it might they were all quite buoyant actually after Edge Baston. I, I don't think Edge Baston was a confidence killer mm. they're, they're, because the pitch played obviously played made it very difficult for them to bowl Australia out the second innings. They don't, they didn't get much assistance there. Yeah, they made the early declaration, all those things. But I, I don't know if Edge Baston was a confidence killer. I, what would what would worry me is that this might be a, a bit of a confidence denter, mm. not killer, but denter, if. If they, because they've had the best of the conditions here. Um, there have been times when they've actually had the rub the green here uh, as well, you could argue. So that this that would be my worry, I think, after this game rather than the previous game. Um, I, 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 of course, there were criticisms. It's always going to be criticism when they lose this way. And, and it does feel like there are a lot of people waiting, waiting for it to all come crashing down. They would want to have the headline, you know, the day Baz Ball died or whatever mm. it is. Uh, there's always a sense of that when something comes along and gets a following and people waiting and not hoping it'll fail. But I sometimes get a little bit of a sense of that in some quarters. Um, yeah, it'll be hard though here. So the next couple of days are, are, are really important, I think, because it'll be tough going. I, they were saying before, you know, well, if we lose the second one, it's going to be an opportunity to win 3-2. Yeah. Um, which only one side before has done in history, I think, which is Don Bradman's Australia. Well, um, yeah. it's Who knows? I, I, like I said, I keep being discombobulated by this. Yeah. I don't know anything. <laughs> if anyone could, I guess it's England. Uh, we, we, we should Look, we basically talk loads about England and it's Australia who are the team who are uh, well on top, having, you know, as we've said, not had 
uh, the rub of the green in terms of the conditions. And, you know, I mean, in some ways they couldn't believe their luck this morning, right? You could see it on their face when they were celebrating. But equally, while it wasn't a complicated plan they had, uh, and it was pretty easy to work out what they were trying to do, they stuck to that plan and uh, and executed it well, didn't they, with the ball? Yeah, well, I mean, you only had to, you only had to look at the field placings. It's, it's like not really a secret, secret squirrel tactic. Is yeah. it? Oh, <laughs> sorry, I've nearly fallen off my awkwardly perched um, seat here. Uh, but yeah, I think we're saying before. Um, often when you go into a, a test match and you ask teams about their tactics or about taking on certain players, they all say, oh, we're just focusing on ourselves and our own plans and not worrying, you know, if we do all our things well that we know we can do well and blah, blah, blah. And you go, yeah, I don't believe you. But it's mostly been a pretty simple plan. Once they went to it, they, they have been able to just concentrate on exactly what they do well and bowl those short balls well when they bowled them and and wait for England to to you know pop one up for them and that's kind of what's happened mm. and they batted well as well today which was it was pretty testing stuff actually this evening and we've also seen the previous two days how one of the teams has seemed really far on top and then has actually kind of lost a few wickets late in the day that's kind of changed the complexion quite a lot and then the next day things have changed even more I guess England were denied that chance a bit by the weather but Australia just resisted them pretty well I guess and you know a few of those players who had questions over them are continuing to answer them I guess and he want, want to get a big score but he looked you know solid enough and even if not you know he got he got a start which is more than he was getting last time Kawaja continues to just look you know like a, a player transformed since he came back into the side uh and yet yeah, Steve Smith is you know probably we're talking about his, Steve Smith's 100 uh tomorrow evening I guess um a few other things to round up uh Ollie Pope went off injured again with a hurt shoulder, the same one injured in the first innings. Mm. Uh, it's a bit odd that he was fielding at all, right, Mel? Well, so in the press conference afterwards, Jeetan Patel uh, came out for, for England. And really great, by the way, England sending out, yeah. who's basically their spin coach, <laughs> their spin coach. for a game when they haven't picked a spinner <laughs> and uh, when they haven't yeah. bowled over a spin all day today. But, yeah, yeah that, it wasn't well received by everyone, uh, I can tell you, in the press pack. But he, he did come out and uh, on that question... He was really confused. He said that England were confused. It was confusing and frustrating because uh, from what I from what I could get from what he was saying, we did try to get him to clarify it, that that they were basically told if Ollie Pope didn't field this morning after having not fielded before after he went off after taking that tumble, that they would have to field with 10 players. Mm. Uh, so he was confused because because he said, you know, they thought it was an external injury. Um, and so he didn't have to come back out there and field. And he, he, he sort of seemed to be confused as to whether it was that there'd been a change in the classification of it being an external injury and an internal injury. But you being the diligent reporter that you are, dug up the, uh, the laws. Well, and the, yeah, so the playing conditions playing basically conditions. just allow the umpires a little bit of leeway, essentially. So it says if they, if a player is justifiably unable to field after external blow, then they're allowed to bat wherever. Mm. And I guess basically what they, I think what they would have thought is, okay, Pope batted fine in the first innings at number three, so he can't really be that injured, so he can probably field as well, which I sort of, I get to an extent, you can't be, you know, picking a guy who's sort of unfit and only fit enough to bat and then having him, you know, take a tumble in the field and then saying, okay, you can come off now and you can, 
not to feel for the rest of the game and you can bring on your super sub or whatever. Uh, so I do, I, I, I do, I, it's, it's tricky because England will now say, well, Pope clearly was injured because he's injured himself again. But I can also see how from the umpire's point, they'll be like, this guy can't really be that, that injured if he was, if he was batting nicely at number three yesterday. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know about that one. I think uh, we might hear a little bit more about that, especially mm. if he has um, damaged that. Because why? Well, we were even hearing that that there was a there could be a possibility that Nathan Lyon could come out and bat mm. if if the game required it. I don't think it will. I don't think we'll see him uh, at all for this game and possibly not the rest of the series. But um, yeah, that uh, it's not a good thing if the if. The coaching staff and the team are confused by it. So if nothing else, there should be, I think, more clarity so that they understand what's happening. So I don't know whether confusion or the breakdown in communication has come from the umpires, but we might hear a little bit more about that. Main thing is, for England's sake, you know, hope Ollie Pope is okay yeah, yeah. Um, because they, they're they going to need, I think, all the batting that they can get for whatever Australia put up there. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we've got just a few things we've got to sort of run through. We've got to mention Labuschagne's dismissal, sort of cutting loopily to point, which put some of England's uh, to shame. And uh, then there was Stuart, Stuart Broad's celeb appeals, which, uh, well, well, they, they were and weren't funny, I guess, if you're an England fan. So just two balls before tea, he said a celeb appealed twice, one for a Nick behind, one for an LBW. For the Nick behind, he actually does a double high five with Root, and then England choose not to review either of them. And he's sort of aghast, but neither of them would have been out. And then after D, he sort of celebrates appeals again against Marlis Labuschagne for LW. Again, umpire gives it got not out. Again, the Stokes doesn't review, but this time it would have been out. And this is just a great clip of McCullum sort of signaling that it would have been out. And Brawl's just absolutely uh, gobsmacked, flabbergasted, unhappy reaction. Uh, well, maybe, which, uh, well, maybe he just. You know, I'm a big fan of Stuart Broad's celebrity appeals, particularly jazz hands. I think cricket in general needs more jazz hands, and and he's the best at it. So look. Maybe he's just let the ball drop. He needs to work on his jazz hands, mesmerise the umpire, and he might get a few of those celebrity appeals. Mm -hmm. Double high five, that's not as good as jazz hands yeah. in my book. Yeah. Well, Ing will be hoping for a few more celebrity appeals and actual wickets from, from Broad tomorrow when you can join us for uh, uh, another daily podcast. Cheers. Podcast Network.